Hello, Asadim. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, interestingly, you are one of the ratepayers associations who are boycotting paying rates and taxes to the city of Etiquini. This is an idea that has been popping around South Africa for quite a while due to, of course, very poor service delivery from metropolitan areas mostly. I know Etiquini in particular is quite bad, but what really broke the camel's back for you? Look, it's been a long time coming. As you rightfully said, people have been frustrated um, and unfortunately, the laws prevent us from uh, finding a, 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 a good remedy, so to speak. Uh, but with that being said, um, service delivery has been failing in most municipalities across the country. Um, and with that, coupled with the last tariff increase, uh, I think the last tariff increase is what broke the camel's back. Um, the the increases are unjustified, more especially here in Edekwini. And the reason why we say that is in the last five financial uh, years, as reported by the Auditor General, Edekwini municipality lost 50 billion rand. That's a whole year's budget. Now we're saying you can't control the losses. You're not willing to stop losing money, but you expect ratepayers to keep paying more. And we are basically funding corruption. And we said enough is enough. So what exactly is the mechanism you are using? So you are boycotting rates. As far as I understand, based on the news analysis I've read, you've opened a sort of trust account for the Rate Payers Association. And then as far as I understand, the residents are paying their rates into that particular trust account, which is under the control of the Residents Association. Is that correct? Correct. So basically the process was we've been engaging with the city and as I mentioned, it was in regards to the tariff increase. And in terms of legislation, um, there's a part there in the constitution as well in the uh, Municipal Systems Act 32 of 2000, wherein the, the municipality is supposed to engage public and involve them in this process. So there's a consultative process, it's called public participation. That needs to happen. Etequini municipality over the years, they've been steamrolling this process, not fully engaging with any of the residents and basically coming back, taking a resolution and, and moving forward. This time around, we stood our ground and we insisted that they listen to us, listen to the concerns of the ratepayers, because more especially when they are formulating a tariff, it's very clear they should not be imposing any rates burden on the residents. They failed to do to host that public participation. They failed to recognize a request from us to have a meeting in this regard. They basically turned uh, turned their backs on us, and as a result of that, we then declared a dispute. Now, in terms of legislation, once you've declared a dispute with the municipality, they are compelled to resolve that dispute. And even though we've uh, uh, sent through the dispute on the 30th of June, Etequini, uh, sorry, 30th of May, Etequini municipality has not acknowledged that dispute, neither have they uh, uh, accepted meeting requests. We've sent over 14 or 15 meeting requests and they failed to, uh, fail to uh, uh, you know, uh, call us and, and have a meeting and a sit down. 
So we are saying that in terms of the legislation and in terms of them wanting to not wanting to engage with us, we are now going on to a protest action. And in terms of the protest action, what we are then saying, we are not going to be paying any of our utility bills, including rates, including lights, including water, the complete utility bill as a form of protest. We will not be paying the city. Instead, we will then divert our funds into an account held in trust until we can reach a resolution or we get to court and the court instructs us to hand over the money to the municipality. So interesting, when you talk about until there's a resolution, a resolution on what exactly? Is it the public participation resolution or is it a resolution in terms of, of something else entirely? So so part of the, uh, the discussions would be the public participation, as we said. What we want the city to hear, and this there's so much of issues that are coming forward now since we've launched this protest. We initially started off with the objection to the tariff increase, which were unjustified. Uh, and one of the examples was the electricity tariff, which was over 20%, whereas NERSA was only allowing the city to go up to 15.1 maximum. They proposed this budget of tw- over 20% without getting the necessary approval from NERSA, which was actually illegal. They then adopted this budget on the 30th of May with the uh, non-approved NERSA tariff. And that's totally illegal. You cannot adopt a budget on on numbers that are not even approved. We went to NERSA. We objected to uh, to the tariff, to the high tariff increase. We put NERSA under pressure. NASA only granted the city 15.1. We went back to the city and said, should you implement an electricity tariff over and above 15.1, we will then go to court and we will challenge you on this because you are violating an agreement with NASA. So based on this, the city then moved the tariff to 15.1. But in so doing, they didn't even have a council or a special council meeting to move the tariff back from 18.49 to 15.1. They just unilaterally, arbitrarily in a back office somewhere, decided to go to 15.1. And we're saying that is totally illegal. We're now calling this budget to be uh, illegal based on the fact that we're saying that it is illegal. Um, We are going into protest because they're not wanting to listen to us. And then part of that discussion as well is if you look at all the AG reports, the Auditor General reports, and what's being reported in the media. The city, as an example, we met with the the chief financial officer in the first week of June to discuss these tariff increases. He agreed to this meeting. In this meeting, we raised the concern of the wasteful and fruitless expenditure and, and, and. And in this meeting, he assured us as the ratepayers to say, they've put systems in place to ensure that no monies will be lost. And what they told us, what he told us was, he's putting, he's putting, uh, uh, or they're using AI technology now in regards to how uh, uh, tenders are, are, are allocated. So it's not going to be a human intervention. Basically, it's uh, the, the system will then decide who it wants to allocate those uh, contracts to. So anything over 250,000 rand, the system will then throw it out. A week after we met with him, from his office, they issued 90 million rand 
to a person who's already implicated in a, in a, in a fraud and corruption trial. So we're saying we're sitting with the city, you're giving us all of these promises. As soon as we walk out of your office, you then go back to your old same ways. And we're saying as ratepayers, it's our money that we are putting towards the city. You are entrusted with this money. You have a responsibility or a fiduciary responsibility to ensure that these funds are used correctly. In fact, if you look at the Municipal Finance Management Act, when it talks about ethics, it doesn't just say you need to uphold the ethics of the city or, or uphold the ethics of your office. It says to the highest standards of ethical. So this, the, this, the act itself is specific that it needs to be a high standard of ethics. And what we are seeing right now in a Tequini municipality is not that. There's no standards of ethics. They don't seem to know what's going on. They don't seem to follow legislation. They're doing as they please. And we are saying that it's being prejudicial. And, and if you look at this, we, this fight is not just for ratepayers. And we keep saying this. Everyone is being affected by the high tariffs, not just the ratepayers. Even those poor people who go to buy electricity uh, for their prepaid systems, they are also being affected. And they are also complaining, and the city is not listening to them. So in your, your as far as you know, how many people or households are participating in this boycott so far? To give you a figure offhand would be really difficult. But what I can say is when we did send out uh, a sort of a poll uh, to get an indication, uh, it's it's over two and a half, three thousand at this stage. Uh, we are on the verge of launch, launching uh, the full on rates boycott uh, and people are just waiting. They just fed up. They're, they, they're not prepared to pay the city any longer and they are willing to participate in this process. So one of the concerns, so for, for, for clarity, I fully believe in a rates boycott. I think boycotts are fantastic and they work very, very well. They work very well against uh, the old regime. They will work quite well against the current regime of this country. What are the one of the problems, especially in South Africa, with boycotts is people might think that if they do join a boycott, they could be targeted by city officials or by people from the city and they could be cut off, right? You, t you use one person as an example and then the whole boycott foil, foil, falls over. You've come out to say that the city cannot disconnect people because you have lost a dispute already, so it would be illegal to cut off people. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. The right to electricity, the right to water is enshrined in the constitution. In fact, that is the basis as to why countrywide in informal settlements, you will find municipalities providing free basic water and electricity because it's a constitutional right. And you can't, uh, you can't deny that constitutional right to any other individual. Our constitution is equal to each and every one person. So whether you stay in an informal settlement or whether you stay in Houghton in Johannesburg for that matter, they cannot deny you that constitutional right to electricity. If they have to disconnect you, they have to make alternative provisions. So what would be an alternative provision? They would have to put a prepaid system in, in that property. They simply cannot just uh, disconnect you for electricity. There have been cases where municipalities have done this. They were not challenged. We've, we've got the, uh, what you call it, the court rulings uh, as such. 
But in there, there's footnotes to say that if this has to be taken to a constitutional court, there is a possibility that it could be uh, uh, overturned, so to speak. We are willing to go as far as the constitutional court. What we are fighting for are constitutional rights. In fact, what we are saying that in terms of the process that we are doing, we are actually protecting the, the money that belongs to the state because we are not saying it's our money. We accept that it's the money for the municipality, but we're not prepared to put it in this municipality because they're not protecting the money. Hence, the action that we're taking is to actually protect this money. And we are saying as long as the city is prepared to, to use the money in the correct process and it's being used correctly and, and in, for what it's been intended for, we have no issue with that. But I mean, if you look, uh, you can you can look at Etikini's website almost every day. It's either a fashion show, or they're giving half a million rand to to designers of clothing. Uh, they, then there's this horse racing events. They they threw a couple of million behind. That's not their core fo- focus. The core focus of a municipality is to provide services to its citizens. When there's a surplus, yes, then by all means we can do all of those colorful things. But we are in a city where sewer is flowing every day. The beaches are closed. Businesses are losing money. I mean, the tourism industry in, De- in Durban has been dead. No one wants to come to, to Etikmini anymore. Previously, I mean, in winter, Durban was the place to be. This winter, we have, didn't even see any one of the, of the valleys come down. No one wants to come to Durban anymore. I mean, seriously, they've destroyed the city. I mean, it could be a blessing. Valleys are terrible people because I'm one of them. Uh, so we actually so miss you guys. Come to speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been down down there in, in almost a decade. I should actually come come through. Maybe we can do this face to face next time. But yes. I mean, Athrad, I think this is like a wonderful thing you're doing. So there's, there's always been talk about this, like a tax boycott or a rate boycott or things like that. And the idea always has been that you have a separate account that is controlled in trust and you basically put the money into that. You have mentioned that if the city refuses to do its job, you're going to use the money that you have collected to do the job of the city. So are you going to do the potholes and the electrical things and whatever else with that money that you're collecting that should be going to rates, but you're collecting privately now? Look, what we're actually trying to do is by encouraging everyone to support this campaign by putting the money into this account, it will actually force the city to go into administration because obviously it's not going to have the money. Now, in yes. terms of the uh, Public uh, Finance uh, uh, Act, uh, which Treasury is supposed to be uh, in control of, once that happens where a city doesn't have the right finances to operate, it is compelled to put the city under administration. So all we are doing is we want to get to the process where we can get oversight over the city. Because once the city is under administration, um, there's a board that is set up that will then look deep dive into the, its finances. It will control how this, the finances are being allocated, how the city is being run, etc., etc. We want to get to that process. When we get to that process, we then will be able to put systems in place, perhaps maybe building it from the ground up to say, why, how many staff do we have? How many vehicles do we have? Because 
this is part of the problem. There's not enough vehicles, not enough equipment, not enough uh, 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 staffing, as an example. So the Etequini municipality management is top heavy. So, so that's the idea to get, uh, you know, to get to this point where the city is under administration. We then get to, um, you know, we, well, part of our request would be that we want to be part of that process, even if we just take one aspect. And, and the one aspect that we're looking at uh, is the, uh, the rebuilding of the water infrastructure. We, we do believe that it is quite urgent. Uh, the city hasn't been uh, doing any maintenance on the water infrastructure and it's collapsed across the city and, and people are starting to get aggrieved. So even if we take that as a project, there are businesses that are willing to put money behind us to help with, with the rebuilding, but they're not prepared to do so uh, whilst the city is under you know this sort of uh, condition where you know money just seems to be leaving leaving the the treasury left, right, and center. So I mean, I'm afraid we're at this point, and maybe you'll agree with me, where there really is no other choice. If we want something from the state, the Auditor General tells us what we already know. There's mass maladministration everywhere. The Treasury just sends the funds. They're obliged to do so. The politicians don't care about us whatsoever. All the other institutions that are supposed to make sure this doesn't happen are filled with cadres and have failed in their duties. So at the end of the day, it's up to people like you and me to solve our own problems. I mean, I don't know, how does that make you feel living in a democracy where we supposedly, uh, you know, appoint people to do these sort of things for us, but they're just not doing it. There's something very wrong in this world. 100%. In fact, when we, we embarked on this campaign, we thought long and hard because what we are starting uh, could have could go both ways. We could either win or we could lose. And either of these ways would set a precedent for this country. Um, obviously, if we lose, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to close the door, so to speak, on every other uh, organization or city or ratepayer association wanting to embark on this journey. So we needed to ensure that the process we followed is 100% correct, that if we do lose, it would be, it would, you know, it, we, we know that we gave it our best shot. And we know that we can, we have sufficient evidence to take it to the constitutional court. And I say that if we go to the constitutional court and if we lose in the constitutional court, then it's time for us to actually pack up and leave this country because then there's absolutely no hope. So just as a final question on my side, I actually sort of agree with you. I don't think the constitutional court is our savior. But, I mean, it would be useful if they were on our side every now and again. Just the last question from my side. You've been talking to the city for a very long time. Has there been any improvement on their side in terms of communication or things like that? Or do they just see you as a pure nuisance? Look, in terms of communication to, to other aspects, I can say the door is still open. Um, in fact, uh, Services in Westville proper, you can say, has improved um, because they seem to, to think that this fight is about value for money for Westville. So they started to fix Westville. Our lights are working. Uh, they fixed some of the sewer lines that were broken. They're painting the, the road markings, cleaning the verges, etc., etc. But what we are saying is 
this is not just about Westville now. It's about the entire city. If this, if the administration of Etekwini works, it will work not just for Westville. It will work for the entire city, which is mm-hmm. what we want. We want to create sustainability. I mean, you know, it's no uh, secret that in the last flooding, one of the major employers of the city and uh, contributors to the GDP of the city, which is Toyota South Africa, they were badly affected. I mean, that, that industry was put out for months and it was put out for months because of negligence. Had the city taken the correct steps, we would have avoided all of this. In fact, here in Westville, before the floods, we were engaging with the city and we mentioned to them that there is no maintenance, there is no cleaning of the, of the flood water systems. Should we get, uh, God forbid, if we had to get a major storm, the city would be in a disaster. Not even four months after that particular meeting, we were hit by the floods. So it's not to say that the city doesn't is not aware. I mean, they have climate study, studies. They've got a separate department uh, studying environmental impacts and 20-year assessments. What are, you, are they doing in, uh, with all of this information if you're not acting on it? There's no use doing the study getting all the data, you know what you need to do, you have the money to do what you need to do, but then you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Even after the floods, the, the city claimed to poverty, that they don't have money to rebuild. So they, they receive money from Treasury, 100 and 100, 1.3 billion rand, sorry, 1.3 billion rand was allocated to the city to help to rebuild the city. That was six, seven months ago. Of that 1.3 billion rand, they only spent about 200 million rand. So you got the money, you, you're supposed to have started rebuilding, but you haven't. So it's basically they wake up, I, I'm saying, they wake up, they, they have a job, they're supposed to do their job, but it seems like they're not doing their job because you only have one job as the mayor. You need to make your city run. And if you're not making your city run, then he needs to run. Yeah, well, all he seems to do is, like, sing. Like, he's a, an aspiring singer or something. Is that correct? The mayor of Etiquini. I've seen I'm videos really online. I'm not sure what he does, but, yeah. Right. Okay. He doesn't do his job, but he does other stuff. Who knows what those might be. All right. I mean, I said, I mean, you could, this could be the start of a, of a real revolution, what you're doing down there. I think this is the first, uh, well, I think there are, there have been other boycotts, but they were, they did sort of end rather quickly or weren't as well known as this one. But fundamentally, you could change the way municipalities work in South Africa. And hopefully the court can understand that by privatizing, for lack of a better term, by privatizing collection of revenue and privatizing the fixing of cities, the cities can actually have a future because for now, they, they really don't. Agreed. We need to think of new ways. We, we simply cannot do the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I think the time has come for us now to think of new ways, as you're saying, privatizing the running of the city or privatizing some aspects of the city or privatizing the collection of the funds. All of these things that you are talking about are some of the, the new ways that we need to think about because, again, we're talking about sustainability for the future. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I have children, and I want them to live here. But of course, there must be functional something functional to exist within. Otherwise, it's all rather pointless. 
if people want to support you in some way or, or get hold of you or to find out more about what you're doing, how can they contact you? Uh, we have uh, uh, set up a Telegram group where we uh, put in through communication. Um, they can contact us on our uh, Twitter handle, Facebook. We are on Facebook, uh, Um You can find us on any of those platforms. Um, alternatively, you can email us at wasteful.ratepayer at gmail.com. Perfect. So we are looking for support. In, uh, by the way, we yeah. are looking for support uh, if there are any good uh, Samaritans out there to help us because, I mean, this is a tough legal battle, trust me. Uh, it's going to be one big fight and we're willing to take this fight. So if there are any people there willing, even if it's a 10 rand or a 20 rand, whatever you can do to help us in terms of mitigating those legal costs, we'll really appreciate it. All right. I'll, I'll link all of those things in the description down below. So if you're watching, that's where you find Assad. And Assad, all I can say is thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure to host you and Godspeed. Let's start a revolution. I must thank you, actually, for, for hosting us and, and thank you for, for highlighting the cause. The pleasure is indeed all mine. If you want more about the Rates Boycott, everything is linked down in the description. Thank you for watching, everyone. Cheers. Thank you very much.